This is Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Intuitive Oracle, Jamie Hearn. Jamie stirs the cauldron with witches, shamans, healers, psychics, and mediums who bravely share their power and give you insight into what conversations with dead people really look like. It's probably not what you think. Sometimes hilarious, sometimes macabre, and always informative. Hello and welcome to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. I'm Jamie Hearn, and I'm super excited to chat with Tabitha Kane today. Tabby is the co-owner of One Community Now and Stillwater Flotation. I love floating. <laughs> she runs her own small healing business as well. She has a master's in metaphysical sciences, is a Reiki master, and is certified in IET, integrative energy therapies. I want to touch on that, but isn't that also angel work? Um, so integrated energy therapy is actually working um, with the angelics, so the um, archangels, and each one kind of has its own specific thing that it helps to to both release and then bring in. So yeah, super absolutely. cool. All right, we'll we'll dive into that. Um, <laughs> Tabby also uses tuning forks, access bars, and healing touch. She's a certified soul realignment practitioner, offering Akashic Records readings and is a certified light language activator. Tabby finds joy in helping others find new and innovative ways to tap into their self-healing and self-growth. While often referred to as a healer, she says the truth is she's just a conduit to source energy that allows you to conduct your own healing work. Isn't that the truth, sister? We are just the witness. Mm-hmm. We are all just walking each other home and Tabby is happy to be able to walk along beside you on your path for a while. And I'm super excited to share this path for a couple of minutes with you, Tabby. And thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited. I'd love to talk to people and, you know, kind of get the word out about what's going on in the spiritual community. So yeah, thanks for having me. Well, you have so many really cool no, pieces of knowledge in your toolkit. I don't even know where to start, but let's start with IET since I already okay. went off on that tangent <laughs> just for a, a minute. Um, when did you first start utilizing the principles of IET or where did you become aware of it? Um, so IET actually came in kind of halfway into the journey, I, I guess. I don't know. It's It's quantifying time is so difficult, but, um, it really all started to be hundred percent honest on Facebook. Cool. <laughs> it was, um, I found a Donna Eden master class. It was through mind Valley, never heard of this energy stuff and was like, huh, wonder what this is and listened to it. I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. And it just exploded from there. Um, and so I've, I've been walking this path for a long time and the IET came in maybe halfway through that. Um, I had already been a Reiki master certified as a Reiki master already doing energy work. And then, um, through actually the, the gentleman who taught me Reiki introduced me to IET as well. And they kind of call it Reiki with the angels. It's 
I love that. Using, yeah, it's kind of using, it's different handholds, but handholds in a similar way that you would use Reiki. But instead of just calling source energy and then allowing that to flow, you're actually calling in specific archangels to work in specific elements. And it's a process of both removing things and then replacing them with something that's to your greatest and highest good. So I, I really like that concept. But honestly, overarchingly, now that I'm kind of in this a little bit, I've really discovered that they're all doing the same thing, right? They're helping you to remove or move energy um, in a way that's to your greatest and highest good. So at the end of the day, whether you're using tuning forks or you're using light language, you're using Reiki, it's all to the same end. So it's, it's beautiful. There's not one that's better than the other. And I use pieces and parts of all of them. That's the coolest thing that I find when practitioners have like their own take on all the pieces and how they fit together. And it has the flair of their vibration. Yeah. And, and the other thing too, with an intuitive healing piece, um, I always have to just kind of forewarn people. Um, if you've had Reiki before, this isn't going <laughs> to look like your traditional <laughs> Reiki session, right? I generally follow that format where I start at the head and go to the feet, but what happens in between um, I have no idea until I'm in the middle of it. I'm like, oh, well, this is interesting. And here we go, <laughs> right? So um, it's really just tuning in and following, you know, that source guidance and allowing, you know, kind of surrendering to the energy that's coming in and, you know, kind of the gatekeeper, making sure it's all to that person's greatest and highest good and um, stepping aside and, and letting source do its work. I love that. Um, so... I want to touch on access bars for a hot minute too. I was introduced to that at a conference in somewhere in Texas a couple of years ago. I mean, I say a couple and you're right. Time is elusive. Yeah, so no clue. <laughs> it, it was probably, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe. Uh, but I find it to be a fascinating process and technique, the whole access consciousness movement. Um, and I have a friend who does it in Mexico. I keep threatening that she's, I'm going to just show up one day and have a session on the beach. Mm -hmm. it, it's completely different from the other modalities in that um, it's not working on the typical chakra or meridian systems, which is kind of generally where you see energy um, being guided towards. Um, in this case, you're actually working 32 different touch points on the head. And I kind of liking it to like, I don't know, is it defrag or refrag frag a computer? However, whatever that computer terminology is, <laughs> it's not, not my forte, but it's, it's like um, taking all that stuff, those limiting beliefs and those thought processes that, you know, you were probably given as an, as a child and, you know, early childhood and you just kind of grew up, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. So you're like, okay, money's hard to get. Right. And it's, it's just helping to remove some of those limiting beliefs and um, kind of just reorganize the brain a little bit. Um, and it really is beneficial, but it really is not like any of the other energy work, but yeah. very much like everything else that I do, I have to take it a step further, right? It's great on its own. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a great process, but I actually, my favorite way to use access bars is I team up with another healer. And um, they run Reiki and Jinjitsu, Jinjinjitsu, and I run access bars and use soul language for clearing. And it is crazy.
crazy powerful when you combine all those forces together. I, I like literally my head is buzzing thinking about the the power of that. Yeah, be, well, because um, so it kind of incorporates a very um, gentle, non-persuasive talk therapy piece to it with the clearing work that's needed to remove those limiting beliefs. So it can be very conversational. Um, you know, I've, I've had several people come off the table like, I haven't made that much progress in five years of counseling, right? Right. Because there's nothing to stop this process from happening. And, and if anything, it's just helping to move it forward a little bit better and clearing this stuff as it comes up. So it's it's amazing. But yeah, I, I can't do anything normal. <laughs> That's normal, though. Right? Like, your way is... is the way that it's supposed to be for you. For me, exactly. And it, it may not be right for anybody else. And I'm okay with that too. Um, you know, people who need the work and resonate with the work always show up. So. I love that. I've also done some work with the um, soul realignment process of reading the records. Mm -hmm. And I find that process to be, unique compared to, to some of the other yeah. ways that the records are read. And I'm going to guess that your process is probably a little bit like mine in that you've taken what works for you and worked with that to create the tabby. <laughs> <method. laughs> yeah. I love soul realignment. Um, you know, before I started down this woo-woo path where everything's fluffy and um, hard to pin down, I was very much in the 3D world and very in analytical. I was a senior manager in a, a multi-million dollar corporation. Like, so my mind really does well with spreadsheets and, and concrete black and white information. And so as you move into this holistic world, everything's gray, right? It's not, or maybe it's all rainbow. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but it's not um, concrete. And, and a lot of it, you can't kind of put your hands around. So when I found soul realignment, what I really loved about it was that it was a concrete method. I have a, a, you know, a sheet that I can follow. It gives me direction and it's also a healing modality at the same time. So I've had a lot of Akashic record readings done and they are amazing. I've had some amazing reads, but it was more informational and interesting than it was informative and helping me to, you know, take those things from the subconscious to the conscious level and have the, that free will opportunity to remove it if that's my choice. So when I found this, I was like, oh, okay, like I can totally wrap my head around this. And I mean, I've been doing this stuff for a while, but I still am like, is this real? Is this going to work? Is this like, am, am I, or maybe tomorrow I'll wake up and it'll all be gone and it will just be like, oh, did I make this up? I don't know. It hasn't happened yet, but it's always that fear in the back of my mind. And so, you know, when I started down this path, I'm like, how I'm doing the same form, like I'm going to do the same thing for every single person. How is this ever going to work? And then when I got to doing it, it is crazy. Everyone is unique. And mm -hmm. I'm reading for people literally around the world because I meet them on Zoom. I record the session and send it to them. I give them written notes. I give them homework. I mean, I, I give them all this information. So you don't have to be in my area to do this. Right. And, and it is mind boggling to me, the accuracy of the, of this information and people going, I can't even, 
I've been doing this my whole life. I never understood why this cycle keeps coming back for me or why I have this feeling, even though I know it shouldn't be there, but it is. It's still always in the back of my mind. And again, it's taking it from that subconscious to that conscious level and giving you the opportunity to to release it if you so choose. And to me, free will is like a super big deal. So um, I love that aspect of it. I, I would venture to say that free will should be a big deal to everyone. <laughs> I recognize that it's not, but yeah. in an ideal world. <laughs> yeah, I'm big on free will and I'm really big on permission. So I won't go into anybody's energy field without their permission. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't feel your energy. I'm empathic. I'm going to feel it. But I liken it to this. When I'm in your auric field, it's like peeking in the windows of your house. Is anybody there? What's going on? Right. But I'm not interfering. I'm not getting in the depths of what's happening. If I go into your energy center without your permission, it's like I opened the door to your house. I walked in. I went in your refrigerator, took out some food and started eating it. Right. Not okay. So that, that's kind of how I like in the, the soul energy piece for me to go into your energy. I really need permission. I think it's invasive to do it otherwise. So I love that. And that's a really good point because I've had people ask me, well, can we go into this person's records or whatever? And I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. No. <laughs> and then I remind them like, if they chose to do that, they're not going to get uh, re reliable information anyway. So don't stir that pot. Exactly. Yeah, no, totally agree. So I, I love all of the pieces that you are bringing to the table. And one that I'm really fascinated by is the light language. So tell us about that. Yeah, light language is um, kind of a scary concept. For some people, it's kind of a new concept, although it's been around longer than any of us can even fathom. Um, I think it's part of the creation, to be honest with you. But um, so light language, or some people refer to it as language of light. Some people refer to it as speaking in tongues. Some people refer to it as soul language. So there's lots of different words that you can use to describe this. But basically... Um, when I'm speaking in my soul language, it's connecting to my higher self and bringing in my soul dialect. Um, when I'm speaking in light language, I could be connecting with any energy outside of myself and bringing the, the vibration of that energy through me. And it can come through in lots of different ways. Um, some people don't speak at all. Some people um, only sing. They only chant or tone um, maybe they do symbols. You see a lot of um, light language symbology on a lot of things. People don't even realize that that's what it is and that's what they're doing. Cool. And a lot of people code with their hands. Um, a lot of healers do this and don't understand that that's actually what they're doing. But you may be in the middle of a Reiki session and your hand starts going like this and you're like, I don't know, but this is my guidance. So I'm doing it right. I actually was um, healing with my hands and coding with my hands for probably about a year before I began speaking. Um, so a lot of people actually use it and don't even realize that that's what they're doing. Um, Interesting. Come, anything that's vibrational, anything that has, you know, it, it, that has energy and is vibrational can um, be channeled through these means. So, you know, you could, channel a tree, you know, Gaia, um, you could channel, 
um, an energetic being from another dimension. You can channel your higher self, source energy, angelics. Um, it, it's really limitless as to what can be channeled. And it's also limitless with what you can do with it. So sometimes it's just bringing through information. Sometimes it's bringing through codes. Um, sometimes it's doing clearing work. Um, there's, uh, it's just, uh, it, you can use it in healing. Um, it's, it's limitless what you can do with it. It's really fascinating. Would you be willing to give us a quick demonstration and how it works for you or, or in this space? Sure. I'd be happy to do that. So, um, when I'm speaking in soul language, it sounds like another language, right? Like Spanish or German or whatever, but it doesn't sound like those. Um, but this is something that you don't want to use your thinking mind to try to understand. So with this being vibrational, really what you want to do is close your eyes and kind of feel into your body and see where is this hitting you. You want to receive this more at a soul level than in a thinking mind level. So we're bypassing thinking mind, going straight to the soul. So this work can happen without your understanding. Um, what I like to do is kind of a generic message. And I like to do one that's just talking about the removal of fear. And I would just encourage everybody who's listening to just close your eyes, open your heart, and see where this hits you. And then we'll talk about this a little bit after we get done, okay? Um, just so you're aware, my soul language um, is a Lemurian-Palladian mix. Cool. Um, so everybody has their own soul, soul dialect, and you can also bring in other ones as well, but that's what you'll be hearing right now. So... Let me tune in a second. Shata orosikeo sonoria sakara sanishiasa. Mia saker nok orosant era shukusi. Mia santaria sakara na a. Ero shukosian saria sekiro shutur. Mea sutur makesh. Mia santaria sutur. Mia sataria shandokura santa. Um, so that was interesting. Um, it was a message about removing fear, but it was also combined with, um, when we can do that, how we're able to come together as one. Hmm. I have not, I've not had that message tagged on to the end before, but that was kind of cool. Awesome. So there you go. <laughs> um, that's super interesting. Cause I get a lot of Arcturian message around, being one. So that may be my presence and influence. That very well could be. So in listening to that, where were you feeling that um, come into your body? For me, it was heart chakra. Okay. So when somebody says that to me, what that kind of infers is that maybe you, that's where you hold your fear that um, maybe you're closed off in the heart chakra and um, not able to, you know, kind of open up to things. And that's um, where that fear is, is um, keeping that closed for you. 
Other people might feel it in their solar plexus, right? It's a place of personal power. And maybe they're afraid to step into their authentic nature, or maybe they're afraid of, um, you know, being an authority figure in some way. Some people feel it in their, their heads. It's like this swirling and tingling in their heads where they're just doing that looping of the story in the brain, and it's helping to remove that loop. And I think it's fascinating that 100 people could listen to the same message and get 100 different um, interpretations of what that message means for them, where they're feeling it, and where they're holding their fear. And you can do that with any aspect. It could be anger. It could be joy or happy. You can use that same um, thing. And it would be really interesting if um, people could comment where they felt it and just kind of get a feel for where that's coming in for them. But I just, I think the whole thing is absolutely fascinating. And what's really cool is it's available to anybody who wants to have access to it. That's really interesting because it does kind of feel like it's inaccessible in some respects because our human isn't familiar with it. Sure. Well, and you know, we're taught to be quiet and we're taught not to use our voices in you know, you know strange ways to draw attention to ourselves. You're um, a good girl. Oh, yeah, that gets me. So, you know, <laughs> there is a lot of healing. There's a lot of shadow work that goes in behind this process. Um, you know, some people I will activate and as I'm activating, they speak to start speaking immediately. Um, there are some people who I have one person that I've been working with. They finally, just in the past couple of months, um, started speaking. It's been 18 months. They've wow. been coding this whole time, but not um, able to um, bring voice to it. So a lot of it is clearing those limiting beliefs, um, getting our vocal cords tuned into it and getting the ego to let go enough to allow it to come through. But this is literally everybody has access to this and everybody at a soul level understands the messaging that's coming in specifically for them. I love that. And I had no awareness that there are light language activators, like what you're doing for people. Mm -hmm. So if people want to learn more about that, where do they find information about what you offer? So we actually run a, a light language, soul language activation, um, and mentorship course um, two or three times a year um, because this thing was overwhelming to me when it came in for I, I'm not everybody has to be activated. First of all, some people self activate. Um, you could be watching videos of it or hearing it and it could just activate it within your soul. Um, I happen to be one of those people. I had just vaguely heard of it. It was interesting to me. Of course, I was already on this path, so it was intriguing. Um, so I started listening to videos and things like that. And then it activated in me. And the first time that I ever channeled, I channeled for three hours straight. And Whoa. it scared the daylights out of me because I kept trying to pull myself back into my body and whoop, there I went and I'm pulling myself back down. Whoop, there I go again. And um, it, I mean, it was it was really scary. And I didn't have any resources. I didn't have anybody to speak to um, or even who knew about this. Um, I was afraid to leave the house because what if this happens again and I'm driving down the road or I'm in the middle of the grocery store? Um, you know, what is, what is my life going to look like? 
And after some time and getting some guidance from some other people who'd already gone down this path, um, you know, you can learn uh, to put boundaries in place, um, especially when you're channeling um, energetic beings. They are so excited. It's like working with toddlers. They are so excited to have a, a place to connect and to get their messages through and to, you know, share healing or whatever it is that they want to disseminate. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and make sure that they're of the greatest and highest good and they're, you know, of light. Um, but I don't censor their messaging at all. I allow them once they've kind of been vetted to come on in and, um, but they don't understand what it is to be human. They've never ex had this human experience, a lot of them. And so like when I first started, I had to set boundaries about breathing. Okay. I need to breathe air to stay alive. So oh. we need to take breaks in between, you know, they're not sentences, but I don't know what else to call them. You know, in between the messaging, we need to have breaks so I can consume oxygen. Like this is the thing I need. <laughs> sleep. Yeah, we do need to sleep at night. You can't keep waking me up at three o'clock in the morning to bring a message through. So, you know, setting rules and boundaries, which they're really great about listening to once you put them in place, but it's yeah. a learning experience for them as much as it is for us. So uh, just, you know, setting boundaries. We, you know, we don't wake up in the middle of the night. We don't do this in the middle of the grocery store and you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Although I'm much more free with it now. I was scared at first. You know, I was seriously, you know, somebody's going to put me in an institution. <laughs> I'm just talking gibberish, right? <laughs> but um, after a while you start to become more comfortable. And once you start to become more comfortable and you start talking about these things, now all of a sudden people are like, oh, I had this experience. Oh, this happened to me. Or, uh, oh, my my grandmother, you know, talked to spirits or whatever the case may be. So um, sometimes it just takes one person to kind of be brave and step out and show their their light. And then other people start to do the same thing. So um, I found I found it to be interesting and it had a resonance of familiarity to me. So it was compelling. So thanks for sharing that with us. That was really cool. Yeah. And, and if anybody's interested in learning any more about this stuff, um, one community now is the Holistic Center that I run in Roanoke, Virginia. Um, but I have my small healing business. And you can actually click through the One Community Now website to my um, personal healing. My personal healing business is called Belightful Healing. Um, and that, um, has a free 15 minute consultation. We can talk about things or that kind of thing. And we are in the middle of a, a activation class right now. Um, so we probably won't do another one until, um, till it gets a little cooler outside, you know, December, January timeframe. Um, but those things, you know, do, um, come up several times a year. So if anybody's interested in that, we certainly, and the activations, you don't have to wait for that class. You can be activated anytime. So. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So there is a, a whole array of options for people who want to go down that path. Yes, absolutely. Um, we also have a private Facebook practice group. Um, so you have to you know, be approved to come in. Um, it's got, gosh, eight or 900 people in it already. It's just wow. grown organically on its own. It's been kind of crazy, but it allows people to put messages out on the site. It's called light language, soul language practice group. 
So you can go out and put a message out and ask, do you know what dialect this is? Or do you know what this message is saying? Or um, for you to you know, do that with other folks, we have um, live events periodically where we go out and practice together. Um, people can put their coding out there for interpretation, um, whatever they want. But it's just a safe place because there is a lot of scrutiny. Um, and certainly there's a lot, a lot of negative connotation around um, speaking in tongues in the religious world. Um, so it just provides a safe place to express yourself and not feel like somebody's going to come at you and tell you that you're, you're going to be going to hell and damned and all that other fun stuff that you hear. So I have a funny story about telling you somebody you're going to go to hell. My, my great grandmother had passed and my dad's brother who, you know, didn't necessarily stay in the lines for the majority of his life confronts my dad right in front of the right in front of the casket. And he's like, brother, if you don't change your ways, you're going to hell. And my father turned around without missing a beat. And he goes, dude, I'm driving the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is really, I mean, it's, it's funny in a way, but it's so sad that people are so stuck in their fear that they can't even be open to hear other perspectives. Absolutely. Or be open to allow people to be where they're at. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if, if that's how they feel, they wanted to go to church and they want to try to find salvation in that way. Like, please go ahead. Like that's your path. And you do what resonates and feels right for you. This is my path over here. And I, w- I would just like to stay on mine. And I don't see why we can't run in parallel with one another. I don't think that we have to have the same viewpoints in order to be able to walk hand in hand in love. That's, yeah. that's my, my point of view. <laughs> um, uh- I have that in my own house. My husband's mother is a Lutheran minister and a lot of my beliefs don't necessarily comply with theirs. So we've, we've had some challenge finding a happy medium of respect in everybody's opinions, but we've accomplished that. So we just don't invite my mom over. It's, it, you know, that complicates things. (laughs) That's boundaries and knowing your limits, right? (laughs) Totally. So, Tabby, can you tell everybody again where they can find you if they want to learn more about you and get to know your work? Sure. Um, so the easiest way to find me is on our business website page, one O-N-E, communitynow.net. So you spell out the number one. Um, and through that, you can find my personal bio, my links and, and all of that stuff. Um, you can see upcoming events and things that are going on. We do some things virtually right now. A lot of it is in person, um, but we do a lot out in the community um, and we love to connect. So um, we are interested in bringing in teachers from outside to teach virtually or in person. And um, yeah, just looking forward to trying to help the world be a better place. Awesome. I love it. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and learning about all the really cool stuff you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Anytime. You want to come back? Just call. (laughs) (laughs) Once a week. What what, what are we going to do next? (laughs) (laughs) We'll figure it out. (laughs) I want to thank everybody for listening this week. We'll see you next week on Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. Peace and badass magic. Thank you for listening to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Jamie Hearn. If you like what you heard, 
please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.